big news, because we had so much fun at our last live show, we're doing it again. That's right. We're going live again, but this time we're going to the Ripped Bodice in Brooklyn, which is an absolute dream come true of a location. This show is going to be part of a larger romance festival being put on by Fish Market Theater Company. And I'll give you details about all of the awesome events that they'll have going on that weekend soon. But for now, head on over to the ticket link in the show notes and get your tickets for our performance, which will be on March 9th at 7.15 p.m. Eastern Time. We don't have streaming set up quite yet, but we're working on it because we know a lot of you aren't in New York. But if you are or if you can get here, we hope that you'll get your tickets and come join us because it's going to be a blast. Hi, guys. Just a quick note from Becca and Molly. We just wanted to address uh, some of the heartbreaking protesting that's going on in America right now in reaction to the death of George Floyd. We have decided that as a unit, we are going to take our June Patreon payout and donate it to an organization called Reclaim the Block, which is an organization that works that is working to divest from the Minneapolis Police Department. We just want to make clear that we stand 100% with the protesters and our listeners of color. We hope everyone stays safe and Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. And if you need help figuring out where you want to donate your money, feel free to reach out. We are happy to share where we've been donating and what we've been doing to help. That's all we wanted to say. Here's our episode today. Okay. Three, two, two, one. This is Becca. This is Molly. We're here to talk about Jane Austen. We are. We are both sitting in our parents' houses in our closets. I am actually even sitting in my parents' closet. Becca took it one step further. Because my closet (laughs) is too small for me. Molly and I are just both living through covid quarantine it's super cute i am drinking kombucha from a wine glass because that's my mo i am halfway through my law school finals thriving Thriving. and also just you know living with my parents as a full-grown adult so i am so excited to see molly (laughs) maybe already cried today and it is not the evening so listeners if you know where we're at in the books at this point in time you know that the drama of Pride and Prejudice is getting very dishy. So we are so excited to get into somebody else's drama because, you know, the world is stressful on our end. Yes. So you ready, Molls? I am so ready. We are here today discussing chapters six through eight of volume the third. We are nearing the end of this book. I do not know how it's all going to wrap itself up, but to begin with chapter six. Wait, before we go to chapter six, should we do a little recap of where we are right now in the book? Yes, we should. Lydia's run off with Wickham, and it's so dramatic that Lizzie had to go home from Pemberley and miss her dinner with Georgie and Darcy. So instead, we have Mr. Bennett gone down to London to pick up Lydia. Mrs. Bennett basically in mourning throughout the house. And the Bennett sisters with very precarious reputation. The Bennett sisters. Sorry, that was just, I, ha- I was overcome with the urge. I had to do it. Continue. Yes, the Bennett sisters are all possibly going to get slept shamed for the actions of one Bennett sister. Which is super unfortunate. And we don't love that. 
But they arrive home and the gardeners are with them and the gardeners stay over for the night. And then in the morning, we begin with no letter from Mr. Bennett, which they were all kind of expecting to get one. They know that he's usually a poor correspondent, but they were hoping that he would at least say, like, didn't find her yet. I love this detail because it really does paint Mr. Bennett as the bad dad texter. He is the bad dad texter, but also this whole chapter and the next one, too, I'm just kind of like... It's really making me change my mind about him. Oh my God. It's sad. Trouble in paradise with Daddy Bennett. I know. Even in my mind, he's not even that hot anymore. Who plays him now? If I think about his face, it's still Colin Firth, but now he has a beard. I don't know. His beard is like scraggly and white. So it's now Colin Firth with a scraggly white beard. Yeah. You're actually getting much closer to what he actually looks like. So this is this is good. Nice. So Mr. Gardner leaves in the morning after the post comes with no letter and he goes to meet him in London. Mrs. Bennett is relieved that he's finally gone to go to Mr. Bennett because this is her only security for her husband's not being murdered in a duel with Wickham. So basically Mrs. Bennett thinks that Mr. Bennett has gone down there with a shotgun to kill Wickham, where in reality, he's just looking for Lydia. Indeed. Mrs. Gardner has been planning to stay for a few more days, so she's just, like, hanging out with the kids, and then Mrs. Phillips comes to visit, and she always brings gossip about Wickham, which doesn't really help. Everyone in town starts talking about how shitty Wickham is, like, how they used to love him, but actually he left all this debt behind him. It says he left debt with every tradesman and extended seduction into their families. Was he flirting with everyone's wife? Yep. Copping some feels. What a fucking douchebag. Yeah, here's the thing that's so funny. Wickham is so hot that it took him leaving and also ruining a local girl's reputation for people to be like, wait a minute. He hit on my wife. Right. He owes me a thousand bucks. What the hell? This guy sucks. Truly. And then Mr. Gardner writes to say that he found Daddy Bennett and brought him home to Grace Church Street. And their next move is to check all of the hotels because they think that they might have stayed there while they were looking to procure lodgings. And I had a question. Would they have had enough money to procure lodgings because Wickham's broke. You can still go into deeper debt. That's true. I'm picturing like seedy motels. Got it. Like even if you're poor, there's always a seedy motel for you to go bring a girl to fuck in. Are they motel hopping right now? I mean, I can't tell you that. Okay, we'll keep going. Then there's a PS, a postscript, and it says that he... Mr. Gardner wrote to Mr. Forrester, Colonel Forrester, to see if Wickham has any friends or relatives that might know where he is. And then he adds that perhaps Lizzie could better tell them about his relations. And I was thinking, is he hinting at her friendship with Darcy in this moment? Yeah, but I think really what it is is that Lizzie spent that whole monologue basically telling the gardeners, actually, here's all this other shit I learned about Wickham. Mm. So she's like their go-to source on Wickham. Also, She was friends with Wickham. She was. So there's like a lot of reasons why Lizzie would be the one in the know. But she's like, fuck me. I don't know. Right. And she says that. She doesn't know. But she does think that perhaps maybe his friends in the Shire, friends with large air quotes, might know where he is. And though she is not sanguine in her hope of that. Jane Austen really likes that word. Yeah, I still don't get it, but that's okay. So every day at Longbourn is a day of anxiety, but especially the days when the mail comes because they are always hoping for news. Then 
<laughs> oh boy. Just when you thought he was gone forever. I thought he was gone forever. A letter arrives for Daddy Bennett from Mr. Collins. Bow, 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 bow. Actually, he doesn't really deserve that noise. It's kind of like wah, wah, wah. And Jane has been instructed to open all of Daddy Bennett's mail. So she does. And at first I was just going to write gross. Like that was going to be my notes on this section. But some important stuff is said. He <laughs> knows what happened with Lydia, presumably from a letter to Charlotte from Lizzie, is what I'm guessing. Yeah, I think probably that's what happened. And he is just so sorry that this has occurred. The exact quote that Collins uses to say how sorry he is, is, quote, the death of your daughter would have been a blessing in comparison of this. That is so fucking rude. So rude. And he says her licentiousness, which I have heard this word, but I looked it up anyway. It is promiscuous or unprincipled in sexual matters. So her licentiousness her slutty behavior slutty behavior results from a faulty degree of indulgence and i was wondering if in this moment he was calling them out as parents because then he is immediately like but i'm sure it was just like she's been a bad person since birth yeah he's basically saying so you guys might have done a terrible job raising her but don't worry you might just have given birth to an evil child to begin with right and he (laughs) (laughs) he told lady Catherine de berg which i like freaked out when i read that and i don't know why necessarily but for some reason i felt like that was bad news let's unpack that speculate as to why you got a little heart drop in your body yeah well her response was who will connect themselves with such a family she says like basically it's all over for them now and i'm worried that because she is wealthy and because the estate is entailed on collins and she controls his actions, and she's Darcy's aunt. Becca's, like, looking at me like, there's something I'm supposed to know. Oh, yeah, no, I thought you were going to go for the fact that she's Darcy's aunt. She's Darcy's aunt, and additionally, oh, but Darcy already wasn't going to marry Lizzie because of this, right? Or was he? I don't know. Basically. But now she won't let him. Now she's going to make him marry baby DeBerg. But, like, yeah, this is, like, spreading through Darcy's super proper super high class family insult to injury i don't love it also their estate is entailed on collins and she's gonna be like pushing for that as soon as possible now oh yeah so in all ways she doesn't want darcy to marry lizzie and he ends the letter by saying that he's very lucky that lizzie turned him down because otherwise he'd be connected to them too and this is where you realize that mr collins is basically just like facebook posting with his new girlfriend to get back at lizzie he's just rubbing in her face that she's fucked like haha bet you wish you chose me who's the bad choice now (laughs) (laughs) yeah i hate him (laughs) so that's the end of that letter then oh it's not the end of that letter. Oh, no, My it's bad. Not. He just ends by saying that they should probably disown Lydia now. And that's the end of that letter. It's like, anyway, guys, best of luck to you. You guys are fucked. You'd be better off if Lydia died. Uh, you should definitely kick her out of the family. Bye. Yeah, he sucks. And then we get a letter from Mr. Gardner saying that Wickham has no friends. <laughs> His friends from before he joined the militia don't even talk to him anymore because he's fake and probably dropped their friendship the minute he was out of their sight. Exactly. And probably just stole money from all of them, too, because that's his M.O. Well, speaking to his debts... In addition to his normal debts to the tradesmen of the town, he also has a lot of gentlemen's debts, which are gambling bets, which are considered more important 
to not have. Oh, yeah, no, because gambling is, like, immoral. Yeah. And Jane's reaction to that was hilarious. Jane's reaction to that was so funny. She was like, oh, my God, a gamester? I had no idea. She's, like, appalled. Jane Austen even said she was, like, horrified, and everybody else was like, yes, he ran off with our... 16-year-old sister. If it wasn't bad enough, obviously, Jane, just think the worst. Yeah, exactly. She She's never. still so, surprised. Mr. Gardner has convinced Daddy Bennett to come home and told him that like he'll deal with everything. And Mrs. Bennett should be excited about this because that way he won't be killed. But instead, her thought is, but who will fight Mr. Wickham? She just doesn't really know what's going on. I love Mrs. Bennett, but sometimes she's a little like her priorities are off. Yes. Where it's like, who's going to beat him up? Versus who's going to bring my daughter home and what am I going to do about the rest of my daughters? She's a mess. A genuine mess. Then Mrs. Gardner decides that she wants to go back to London. So the coach takes her there and brings Daddy Bennett back. She goes away still perplexed about Lizzie's quote, Derbyshire friend. And I liked that phrasing because it's got a big wink after it. I mean, Mrs. Gardner is the only one who has her shit together enough to know that Lizzie's like crucian right now and it's a big problem. And she had expected that he would have written them by now, but there was nothing. And Lizzie is sad about this whole thing with Darcy. And it says that she is by this time tolerably well acquainted with her own feelings. <laughs> Thank fucking God. It took her long enough. But she's lucky that she doesn't need to explain to anyone why she's sad because everyone is sad about Lydia. So her sadness has an excuse. That's actually so true. I mean, this is like, surprise alert, we're all in quarantine for coronavirus and that it's just like a baseline level of stress that I don't need to explain to anybody why I'm stressed ever. Exactly. It feels it's great. great. <laughs> it feels it awesome. Feels good. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> then Mr. Bennett comes back and it's like just all of his negativities have been brought to light to me, which is upsetting. The thing that I think is interesting about that is that the way I read that is all of his negativities are being brought to light to him. To him too. And I like, I do like that he is self-aware by this time. I loved the line where he says something like, Lizzie, for once in my life, let me just blame myself for what yeah, I did wrong. I loved that. So at first I was upset at him because he arrived home. He didn't want to talk about it. Everyone was like nervous to bring it up. And then when they did, he was like, none of you need to suffer for this. Let's not talk about it. This is all my doing. And I was like, oh, I could get behind that. And Lizzie asks if he thinks that Lydia is in London. And he says that he does. And Lizzie's like, oh, well, she always wanted to go there, didn't she? And he said, she is happy then. And let her stay there for... <laughs> quite some time. He tells Lizzie that she was right before. He specifically says he bears her no ill will for being right from their conversation about Lydia being a wild card. And he thinks that her observations on the point show greatness of mind, which was a sweet little moment. And you get to see that he loves her a lot. And then Jane comes in to get tea for Mrs. Bennett. And he calls Mrs. Bennett out. <laughs> In this moment, he says, this is such a good use of time. I'll put on my nightcap and dressing gown and go into the library and just complain about everything next time. And then he says, oh, maybe I'll save that for when Kitty runs away. And then Kitty's like, I'm not going to run away. If I ever go to Brighton, I'll be much more well-behaved. And then he says, you're never fucking leaving this house again. Oh, that is a great line. It is that excellent. is an absolutely stellar line where he's like, oh, we'll talk about it in 10 years. Yeah, I was like, in 10 years, she's going to be, what, like 25? 27. Oh, right. She's older. She's going to be 27. She would be a spinster by that point. Exactly. It's basically like, we'll talk about it when you're 50. Not that people who are 50 who are unmarried are spinsters, but it's more like by that point, she'll be a fully grown-ass adult, and it'll be totally normal for her to make her own decisions about romance. And in that time, she would be a spinster, so... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is the end of that chapter. 
Which brings us to chapter seven. It's two days later. And there is a twist. <laughs> and then there is a twist. Lizzie and Jane are walking around outside when the housekeeper, Mrs. Hill, comes running towards them and asks if they've heard any good news. And they were like, what? And she's like, an express letter came for your dad from Mr. Gardner. And so they run inside. They're met by the butler who says that Daddy Bennett has gone out towards the cops, which is a small group of trees. And I knew that without looking it up, but I wanted to share it with our listeners. Ah. Oh. I'm so proud. I did not know. You didn't? Yeah, no, not off the top of my head. I, I made a, like, an assumption, but I had not heard the word before. Cops. I knew something. <laughs> and they go towards the cops and they find him and they run towards him and Jane starts falling behind because she's not in good shape. And Lizzie asks if the news is good and he says he can't tell if it's good or not so why doesn't she read it so she reads it mr gardener has found lydia and wickham they are not married this was funny because jane was like oh good they're married and then the next line is they're not married and (laughs) he doesn't think that they had ever intended to but he's working to ensure that they will get married and here are the terms of the marriage quote assure to your daughter by settlement her equal share of the five thousand pounds And then he also needs to enter into an engagement of allowing her during your life 100 pounds per annum. He then says that Wickham's circumstances aren't as hopeless as they thought. Is this because of the amount that Wickham is asking for? Yeah, hang on just a second. I'm trying to just do a calculation for you. Okay. So 100 pounds of sterling today is 125 to the United States dollar. 100 pounds, 1811. Is the equivalent to about 8,000 pounds. So what's 8,000 pounds? Hang on. It's like about, I think it's about like $10,000. Per year. Yeah. So basically, Wickham is under no obligation to take this other than human decency, and he takes it. And that is not nearly enough. Wickham owes just like a shit ton more money. Right. The debate you're getting at here is that Jane thinks, oh, he's taking that small amount because he loves Lydia. And Mr. Bennett says, that can't possibly be right. The only way that would be the case is if Mr. Gardner's not telling us that he paid Wickham away more money. And Mr. Gardner's saying, clearly, he didn't need quite as much money because I guess he's not as in debt as we thought. So it's unclear if Mr. Gardner's like lying, if Wickham genuinely does have feelings for Lydia, or if for some reason he just like has been able to make a living. Yeah, I think at this point, Mr. Gardner is trying to get them to think that Wickham has more money than they thought. And Mr. Gardner has made this offer to him and asked for Mr. Bennett's approval. Jane and Lizzie are like, yes, 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 yes. And Mr. Bennett's like, I don't like it very much because of everything that you just said, Becca. He says that he doesn't think that Wickham should have accepted for anything less than 10,000 pounds in that time period's money. And that means that Mr. Gardner must have paid him off. And Jane is like, how will it ever be repaid? That's too much money. We don't have that. But then Daddy Bennett goes off to like write back. It's all up in the air right now. We don't know for sure, but that's what appears to have happened. Yes. Jane and Lizzie are talking afterwards and Lizzie says, quote, I loved this, how strange this is. And for this, we are to be thankful that they should marry small as is their chance of happiness and wretched as is his character. We are forced to rejoice. Jane then says what you said. He must really love her because her uncle doesn't have that amount of money to pay them off because he has his own kids and like his own family to provide for. He couldn't have done that. But again, up in the air. Lizzie says they'll know how much was given once they know what his debts are because then they'll know what Mr. Gardner must have paid off. Then the gardeners have also taken Lydia in and she's like living with them. And Lizzie says that Lydia better be grateful for that because Lydia 
kind of suck sometimes. Jane says that hopefully they'll be happy together and their marriage will go over so well that everything about how it started will be forgotten by the gossipers. And Lizzie says that's not possible. Nobody could ever forget. They want to go tell their mom. They realize that she probably doesn't know yet. So they go to the library and they're like, can can we tell mom? And he's like, whatever you want to do. And they're like, okay. <laughs> and they go to tell the mom and Mary and Kitty. And Mrs. Bennett is just so thrilled. She hits a total reset here. She's like, oh my God, my lovely son-in-law, wake She's up. like revived. She like pops out of bed. It's like that uh, gif of Mushu from Mulan, like popping up and just going, I live. Yes, it's exactly <laughs> like that. She's laying in bed and she just like sits up and she's like my dear darling Lydia oh how delightful she's married at 16 oh dear Wickham the clothes and then she starts talking about the clothes and she won't stop talking about the clothes and how merry they shall all be together when they see each other again and Jane is like remember Mr. Gardner your brother probably paid off a lot of money and we have him to thank for this and she's like well he should anyway because he has more money than us and if he didn't have kids all his money would go to us anyway and like just being entitled and the worst that logic is hard to follow basically it's like he should be grateful for us because he had to go pay off our disgraced daughter yeah it's pretty gross we still don't know at this point how much he paid off but that is noted she makes jane write down a list of all the clothes they'll need and jane is like we should slow your roll wait till we've talked to our father and she's like fine she agrees because, quote, she's too happy to be quite so obstinate as usual, which was hilarious. Yikes. Jane. Jane. Not Jane Bennett, Jane Austen. Oh, Jane. Yes, Jane. Our girl Jane. She's she's just roasting Mrs. Bennett as usual. Yep. She decides she wants to go into Maryton and visit Mrs. Phillips. And then on the way back, she can drop by Lady Lucas's house and Mrs. Long. Clock how quickly this changed from... Mrs. Bennet can't leave her bed because she's disgraced, too. She is actively going out and bragging about her 16-year-old daughter getting married. Like, oh, your daughter's not married this early, blah, blah, blah. She's not fooling anyone because everybody's like, yeah, but we, we know what happened. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't notice before, but now I'm noticing it specifically mentioned earlier in these chapters that everyone knows that Wickham is in debt and, like, not a good person so going and bragging about this that's why lizzie is saying a lot of this can't be undone yeah exactly i also wanted to throw it back to chapter one where she was like i hate mrs long this is where i get all my gossip from yep so glad we're bringing her back and then she tells mrs hill who is like walking by and lizzie goes to her room and she's thinking at least this is better than Lydia not getting married at all, but it's not great. And that's where we go into chapter eight. So there's a lot of money talk at the beginning of this, and all of it's confusing, as you guys could probably tell, because in the last chapter when money came up, I was like, Oh, I also know nothing about how finances work, but from this I glean that the Bennets are not particularly careful with their money. Well, that makes sense, being on who their parents are. Well, no, I mean the parents themselves. Oh, the parents. Yeah, that being on who they are. Yeah. And that Mr. Bennett isn't a big spender, but he doesn't curtail Mrs. Bennett's spending. But not like they're not like in debt or anything. They just are not like saving up. Right. So they don't have like a flush to give back to Mr. Gardner. It says at the beginning that he wished that he had saved up some. Okay, I see what you're saying. And basically he has a limited amount of time to even attempt to pay this back because they don't have a son to entail to. So like it's not like the debt can persist with this family. Right. And it, and they talked about 
having a son and how they had always planned on it, but it just never happened after Letty was Well, that's born. why they have five daughters. They kept trying. They kept trying. And the only money that is like set aside is 5,000 pounds to be divided up among Mrs. Bennett and the children. And 5,000 pounds in that time, what you just said would have been... It would have been like some hundred something. I can try to do the math on well, it. Well, but... you said that a hundred pounds was equal to like 8,000 in today's poundage. Is that what you said? I know you just did this. Yeah, hang on. In 1811, 500 pounds, 5,000 pounds. It's like 400,000, which is a lot between $5, though. And like in this wealthy society, is not very much. Basically, they're each entitled to a couple thousand bucks a year. So, like, it is a very small reward. That's why not a lot of guys are scrambling. Right. But for Mr. Bennett, he says that this is, like, not the worst arrangement for him because he's actually only out, like, 10 extra pounds a year based on, like, what he was going to be giving Lydia and now what he's giving the two of them together. It's something like that. Basically, yeah. yeah. Basically, he didn't have to up the dowry too much. Got it, yeah. And I'm sure that someone will correct us who knows more about this. Yes, like, this is this is my Austin weak spot is, like, I don't, I don't do math. So, since Mr. Gardner is doing all the work in this matter, Mr. Bennett is kind of, like, considering it settled, and he returns after writing back to Mr. Gardner to his usual indolence, which means laziness, and his letter was soon dispatched because though dilatory which is like slow in undertaking business he is quick in execution but he kind of sucks i mean he's like oh someone else is doing the work okay i approve and then sends it off and then doesn't care anymore about finding his yeah daughter. it goes back to our calculation that he don't give a fuck mr bennett really doesn't give a fuck in his letter to Mr. Gardner, he doesn't write anything to Lydia, which is sad. Yeah, he's so pissed off at her, you can oh, tell. Oh, he is so mad, and let's get into that in a moment. The town, Maryton, for example, is glad for the gossip, but it would have been better for them if she had gone off and become a prostitute. People love a horrible story, and the truth is this is scandalous, but it's not life-ruining. They are happy that at least it's Wickham that she's marrying because they know that they won't be happy together, so they still have something to talk about. People are looking at this the way other people look at, like, a Kardashian wedding. It's like, oh, this is a mess. Yeah, so they're, like, hype about it. Mrs. Bennett is in spirits, quote, oppressively high. I love that. I love that. It's just... We know how Jane Austen feels about Mrs. Bennett, y'all. But I love the idea of oppressively high spirits where it's like, It's like, okay. please stop. No, no. She's no, looking no. for a house for them. She's trying to get them a house. And Mr. Bennett puts a pause on this and says that before she goes buying a house, he wants to make sure they're on the same page about something. There is one house that Lydia will never be allowed into again, and that is Longbourn. I gasped shock mrs bennett is shocked by this too but the thing is this is exactly what happened when lizzie turned down collins she did this to lizzie she was like i will never talk to you again if you say no the difference is that mrs bennett said that but she was being dramatic i think mr bennett daddy means bennett it. means this yeah, yeah exactly so i was like wow but she yeah it's just an interesting parallel yeah it is an interesting parallel and it really gets to how big a deal these marriages are economically and uh, societally for these women. Like, your choice matters a lot. Yeah, it does. And it also gets to the heart of the difference between Daddy Bennett and Mrs. Bennett, which is that when he wants to not fuck around, he's not going to fuck around. And when she wants to not fuck around, she's probably still fucking around. Yeah, she's absolutely <laughs> still fucking around. But she's even more upset 
less so of him disowning Lydia. She's more upset that he won't buy her wedding clothes because without the proper wedding clothes, the wedding will be completely invalid. I actually sympathize with that because like not saying that the wedding clothes make the wedding. Obviously, whatever you want to do to get married or not get married is your own choice. I very much believe that. But I think in this context, it is very obviously a rushed marriage for the sake of her reputation for sure and they were gonna elope and like that would have been worse so it needs to be a legit wedding yeah the Bennett's are not doing anything to hide the fact that this is a shameful situation and Mrs. Bennett is trying to sort of circumvent how shameful the situation is and go to it being something worth celebrating whereas I think the rest of the family is kind of like um let's just get this over with so that we don't perish societally Mm mm-hmm Hello, it's Molly from the future hopping in to tell you about a new season of one of my absolute favorite podcasts. Hot and Bothered, hosted by returning Pod and Prejudice guest Vanessa Zoltan, is a podcast that treats romance as sacred. You've probably all already heard of this podcast because in their fourth season, they covered Pride and Prejudice. And now Hot and Bothered is back with a season that is all about romantic films. The first 10 episodes of this new season follow Vanessa as she learns how to critically watch movies by looking closely at the classic 2003 rom-com How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. After 10 episodes, Vanessa will be joined by her co-host Hannah McGregor, a media studies scholar, author, and podcaster, and together they'll look at romantic films from Casablanca to Love and Basketball to When Harry Met Sally. The show is already so fun after just listening to one episode, and I cannot wait to listen to the rest of the season. So subscribe to Hot and Bothered wherever you get your podcasts to jump into this new season that's all about romantic films, or to enjoy their previous seasons about Pride and Prejudice, Jane Eyre, and a personal favorite, Twilight. Again, that's Hot and Bothered, and it can be found wherever you get your podcasts. Also, this August, Vanessa is leading a pilgrimage to Bath for a five-day trip dedicated to Northanger Abbey. Now, I don't know anything about Northanger Abbey, but even I want to go on this trip. Together, you and 20 other Austinites are delving into the story of Catherine Moreland while immersed in a gorgeous city that features heavily in Austin's life and writing, as you know. So if you enjoy contemplative hikes, immersion in a new city, time away from your regular life, and the chance to talk about Austin with fans from all over the world, which I know all of you do, then this trip is for you. So check out Common Ground Pilgrimages at readingandwalkingwith.com. To claim your spot on the Northanger Abbey trip, head to readingandwalkingwith.com slash northanger-abbey-2024. And now, back to this episode. At this point, Lizzie is feeling sad that she told Darcy what happened. She's regretting it because now there's hope that they might actually be able to conceal the scandal by having the marriage. But she knows that Darcy's not going to tell anyone what's happened if if it's not out already. But still, my notes don't make any sense. I think she wishes she hadn't told him the extent so he she could like underplay it to him. Yeah, right. And she tries to tell herself that she doesn't wish that she didn't tell him for fear of disadvantage from this situation to herself, but I don't believe that for a fraction of a second. And she feels that there's a gulf impassable between them because she doesn't think, and this broke my heart, she doesn't think that he would connect himself with her family anyway because now they're permanently connected to his worst enemy being Wickham. So like, even if Lydia and Wickham married without any scandal, she thinks that he wouldn't want to be with her now yeah he'd basically be related to Wickham and it just breaks my little heart Lizzie is so emo in this part of the book she's really having a little pity party for herself she is and then I wrote 
read this sad part. I think this is the quote you're getting at, the emo sad quote from Lizzie. Mm -hmm. She was humbled. She was grieved. She repented, though she hardly knew of what. She became jealous of his esteem when she could no longer hope to be benefited by it. She wanted to hear of him when there seemed the least chance of gaining intelligence. She was convinced that she could have been happy with him when it was no longer likely they should meet. Yeah. It made me sad. She's throwing such a pity party right now because she's like, oh man, I turned down his proposal. Now I see he's the fucking bee's knees, but he got lucky and was able to avoid the whole situation with my family because I turned him down. (sighs) Yeah, sad. She thought that if he knew how she would now be so grateful for his proposal, he would triumph because he is human, even though he is generous and kind and good he would probably still feel proud over knowing that she would now say yes and I was like then Lizzie tell him tell him how you feel but she can't share your feelings girl talk about it but she knows that no such marriage between them could take place Mr. Gardner writes again saying that the money isn't a big deal he paid it off it's fine don't worry about it he's like don't mention it which everyone is kind of like uh Okay. It's very uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. Also, like, has an air of seediness to it. Yeah, I'm a little bit concerned about this money. I don't know how he was able to pay it off. And I hope that Mrs. Gardner knows, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a little questionable. Then he also mentions that Wickham has quit the militia and is moving into the regulars, which is like the more prestigious military, the regular army, Mm -hmm. and that they're moving up north. So I don't know if you know this, but north versus south in England, there's even like a book about it. There is like a difference of landscape. There's a difference of culture in this time period. The North is less fashionable. Oh, interesting. It's a bit more like the country bumpkins. Interesting. I mean, people are still like, there's still the higher classes and all this stuff up there, but like fashionable society is by London and that's South. Gotcha. So yeah, ooh, that adds a layer to this because I was like, Mrs. Bennett was upset when she found out that Lydia was moving up North because she thought she, she was like, she won't have any friends. Her, all her friends are in the militia, and she had all of these male friends, too, which I was like, I don't... Isn't that something that she's not supposed to do? Did she have male friends? <laughs> Did she? But Mrs. Bennett's, like, really upset, and knowing that, that kind of makes that make a little bit more sense. Because I was like, she's going to be fine. Oh, she's going to be fine, but it's, like, a significantly less cool place to live. Yeah. And she's hoping to come back to Longbourn to say goodbye. And at first, Daddy Bennett's like, no. But then Lizzie and Jane convince him to let her come back for I guess dinner or something and Mrs. Bennett is really excited to show off her married daughter around town when she comes back to visit and Lizzie realizes if they're coming back to visit that means she also has to see Wickham which is a big cliffhanger to end this episode of Pod and Prejudice on. And that concludes the chapters which brings us to Becca's study Study questions. questions. Ah, ah, I'm sorry. There's so much to unpack here. So first let's talk about the search for Lydia. So Were you able to sort of map out from her leaving Brighton till her returning to Longbourn, a married woman? Are you able to put it all together sort of in one through line? Lydia's in Brighton staying with the Foresters. She runs off with Wickham, leaving the Foresters a note saying that she's run off with Wickham to Scotland to get married. To get married. Yes. Then instead of going to Scotland, they go to London and are just banging in a motel. Then... That's when Daddy Bennett and Mr. Gardner go to London. Mr. Gardner finds them. Now they're going to get married in London quickly, right? And then come back to Longbourn to say goodbye and then go move up north. Yeah, basically. I would characterize it as 
Lydia leaves Brighton after flirting her up with Wickham. Wickham and Lydia are off to London. Lydia thinks she's going to Scotland to marry him. They go to London. They bang in in a motel. Meanwhile, her father and her uncle go searching through London for her. Her father cannot find them and returns home, but her uncle keeps looking and finds them eventually. And then from him finding them to them getting married, there is some transaction of money of money that makes Wickham's debts fall away and then they get married in London and come back to Longbourn where they will say goodbye to everyone and then move up north to start their lives together as a married couple does that make sense yes so this isn't a proposal per se but we have our first Bennett married off well is she married yet yes Oh, okay. No, 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 no. No, she's not married yet. She's getting married. She's about to get married. The next time we see Lydia, she is married. So, Graham, the proposal sound effect? Yeah, thanks, Graham. So, Lydia and Wickham are married. And I want to talk about this because the last time we saw a couple get married was Charlotte and Collins. And Charlotte and Collins was a very pragmatic match. Not a love match. Very much an economic match help Charlotte get a place in society that's not spinsterhood. This is a fuck in a motel for two weeks and then get hitched kind of situation to save Lydia from a life of prostitution. (laughs) It sounds so glamorous when you put it that way. It sounds more Dickens than it does Austen. Yeah. But that's the thing is that Jane Austen did kind of write about these seedy moments. It's just that they're hidden under all the, like, lighter things that happen. When the action happens off stage, it's left up to your imagination. And this action was very much left off stage. Like, just now, when you said we have our first Bennett marriage, and I was like, do we? Yes, we do. Because it was all off stage. We don't know. It does happen all off stage. So I want to talk about what this means for Lydia. First, what does it mean for Lydia to marry Wickham based on what we've talked about? Well... The money that is being offered him as a dowry is not a lot. And we know that he doesn't have a lot of money. We're making the assumption that Mr. Gardner paid him a lot of money to pay off all of his debts. So it means she's going to be poor. She's absolutely marrying down. She's also, I think, going to be looked down upon because there's no way that the gossip about the whole beginnings didn't get out or won't get out, which is sad. And... It means that she might be disowned from her family. Yeah, I think the very beginning of this book is about the desperation to find a very good match. Mm -hmm. You saw how hard everyone was pushing for Jane to marry Bingley, a good match. And then you see in this situation, Lydia's made sort of the worst pick of any possible match. She is the worst pick that she could have made that anyone could ever have made. She followed her uterus to the hottest guy she could find. And he's hot. And he is poor and kind of a kind of a bastard. He's a delinquent. Yeah. But he's also the real thing that's true is we've talked about this before. To make money, women have to marry. Lydia married a guy with debt and not a lot of prospects. So Lydia has no chance to make money. Additionally, She married that guy without even, like, he doesn't even love her, I bet. I don't believe that he could. So, basically, we have her making a decision when she's, like, 15 years old to run off and marry a poor soldier. She's gonna not make a good amount of money in their lives. She's clearly got a gambling problem. And so, you see the consequences of girls 
following their hearts. So in some way, this is the exact opposite of Charlotte's marriage. It is, yeah. So when you're an Austin girl, you really do need to actually like pay attention to who you're marrying as part of the calculation of who you can feasibly fall in love with. Gosh, can you imagine if Lizzie and Darcy could just get married? Because it would be perfect for everybody. So I do think that the change of circumstances for Lydia is actually, in my opinion, a little tragic. It is tragic. She made a mistake. Pour one out for our bold little homie Lydia. You know, listen, if she is having good sex and if he's not mean to her, then I guess it's fine. Like, whatever. First of all, he's definitely mean to her. Yeah, he sucks. Second of all, are we sure Wickham's good in bed? I think that he wouldn't have gotten as far as he has if he were not. Fair. Though... I also realized as I said that, how far has he gotten? Not that far. He kept getting left by people. Like, he was with Miss King, and she left him, and Lizzie denied him, and now he's with her little sister because he couldn't get anyone his own age. So, uh, maybe he's not. (laughs) Who's to say? Anyway, so RIP to Lydia's prospects. Yeah. What does it mean for Wickham, though, on the other side of the coin? That's a good question. He's settling for someone who's poor. Not poor. He's settling for someone with not a... Poor. Is she poor? I mean, kind of. Like, the dowry is not much to speak of. She's a gentleman's daughter, but... Yeah, she's not offering him a lot of money, and the fact that he accepted it, either he's not, doesn't have his own interests at heart, or he's kind of dumb, or he has some ulterior motive that, like, something's up, you know? Something is afoot. <laughs> Something might be afoot. If if this is a revenge plot, which in the last episode I was like, this has to be revenge, that could be the only reason why he would accept that amount of money because it's not enough to live on in the way that they're both used to living or that at least Lydia's used to living. Or that Wickham wants to live. Or that Wickham wants to live. Also, like, I am confused because I thought that Lydia loves nice things. She does. And, like, She's dumb. Spending money. So why did she do this? She followed her uterus after the hottest guy she found. Right. But now that there's all this talk of money, is it really going that far over her head? Yes. Wow. What a girl. Lydia, dumb girl. She dumb. She needs Kitty to guide her. That's why there's so much condemnation on the Bennett parents for not educating her properly about what she should be doing. Yes. And there was also the thing about school. Not a woman who's going to want to live a modest lifestyle, but... She will straight up have to. Yep. Also, she's gonna remember, leave him. yeah, that Wickham. What? I said she's going to leave him. This isn't going to last very long. And then she's going to go even more into squalor because she's going to be a divorced girl. Well, I was also just going to say, like, marrying Lydia for Wickham means that he can't transcend his post in society. Because his only way of moving up would have been to marry up? Yeah. Remember when we talked about how, like, men marry for money, even if it's not as, like, allowable Mm -hmm. he was trying so hard to scrounge up a rich wife and he ended up with lydia bennett so they kind of both fucked each other over Uh, yeah i remember we had this conversation back when i was still team lickham which by the way this could be team lickham as well yep i feel like it does fit them weirdly team lickham yeah it's gross (laughs) but back when it was lizzie and wickham we talked about the pros and cons of them ending up together. And I was really I was really hoping for it for a minute there. Yeah. How fun to look back upon naive young Molly. Once we're done with the books, you should just go back and listen to the whole podcast, like from the beginning, and hear yourself like read the book. It's hilarious. Yes. Yeah, I can't wait. 
But so, yeah, this is just a fucked up situation. Yep. If it was for love, if they were truly in love, then I would be like, whatever. But he sucks and she is too young to make this decision. Amen. Amen. Too dumb, not too young. The other thing that really happened quickly in these chapters is you saw the Bennett's lose their social capital so rapidly. I wonder if you have any speculations about how that will affect the rest of the book. Lady Catherine de Berg is going to have something to say. Sorry, what? how did you pronounce that? I'm sorry, uh, Lady Catherine de Berg. Catherine de Berg. It's been a long time since she's shown up. Oof. Yeah, I was, I forgot about her, I guess. And when she showed up, I was like, <gasps> she's not supposed to know what's happened because like, She's got some social clout. Also, what you said about Darcy, this is going to affect everything. I mean, poor Lizzie. She's going to have something to say. She's going to spread the fucking rumor. They were already not doing great because they weren't, like, the wealthiest. But now it's like, you know. I think that's all accurate. I also think there are four unmarried daughters. Also, can we talk about how the youngest daughter was the first to get married? Yes. And let me tell you that, let me not tell you, actually. (laughs) Yikes. I caught myself. Good. So, yeah, that's that's that question. So then the next question, we've touched on this, but Wickham had a lot of debts. That was made clear. Why would he agree to marry Lydia? And I think we got into this with the sort of the Gardner debt situation. On the money situation, like, do you have any speculation as to what happened there? There's, like, obviously, like, a piece of the puzzle seems to be kind of missing. I think that Mr. Gardner paid him a lot of money. I don't know how. Maybe Mr. Gardner gambles as well. But somehow, Mr. Gardner was able to pay off all of Wickham's debts and maybe a little extra as an incentive because Mr. Gardner doesn't want to, one, see his family go into just social despair to maybe he doesn't want to have to support them because he has his own family I think he did something he paid a lot of money and that's why I feel like there was a muddy section around the the time where we received the letter from him where we were like uh does he did he pay the money did he not pay the money somehow Mr. Gardner made the agreement with Wickham that he would marry Lydia and I think he paid him to do it okay Why do you think Mr. Bennett is so desperate to pay back Mr. Gardner? He doesn't want to owe him anything because of pride. (laughs) It's in the title. It's in the title. Also, Mr. Gardner is his wife's brother. Maybe that has something to do with it. Does Mr. Bennett have siblings? I don't know. Um, I don't think he does. Mr. Bennett's older, so like. Yeah, they might be dead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's his wife's brother. And he's already pretty annoyed at his wife all the time. So this would just be like one more thing. I also think it's just like, not only is it a lot of money, but also like it really salvaged the Bennets because they've lost social capital here, but compared to what they would have lost. But can't he just like take the, I mean, it's great, pay him back. But the way that it's, it doesn't feel like he's like, I want to pay him back because I really appreciate what he did. It feels like I want to pay him back because I don't want anyone to know what he did. No, I, I think it's a combo. I genuinely do think Mr. Bennett is extraordinarily grateful. Are they bros? I don't think there's any bad blood between Mr. Gardner and Mr. Bennett. Okay, good, 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 I good, think good. it's more about, like, him having to do it and feeling like, oh, my God, I am the man of my family and I wasn't able to make this happen, but somebody else did. Yeah, I think it's a pride thing. It's a guilt thing. I think he's been made all too aware of how much he's been slacking, and that's 
Yeah, that makes sense. Well, good thing he's not letting Kitty out of his sight for 10 years. For 10 whole years. 10 whole years. I have two more questions in this round before we get to our standbys. I wanted to compare the reaction of Mr. and Mrs. Bennett. This actually gets to what we were talking about before, like just before this with Mr. Bennett. How do you think this experience will change them, each as parents? How will this change them? Well, I think how it will change Mr. Bennett is very clear because it started to happen. He's going to start being like, I'm bringing my foot down. I'm the dad. Blah, 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 blah. I think that's clear. I also think that he he already respected Lizzie a lot, but now that he knows that she was like perceptive enough to see that, I think he's going to respect her more and maybe allow her to make some of her own decisions, perhaps, that she might not have been allowed to otherwise, perhaps maybe in marrying a man that, I don't know, I just want her to get married to Mr. Darcy, I don't know, you know? And um, <laughs> moving on to Mrs. Bennet, I truly don't know how this will change her because she seemed to not, it was all erased from her memory the minute that it said that Lydia was getting married. Yep, so. <laughs> She's just very wedding focused. I don't think anything's gonna change. I hope it does, though. I really want her to, I mean, I don't hate Mrs. Bennet. I think that she's over the top, but I do love her. And I think that she loves her daughter. No, we stand Mrs. Bennet. She's just ridiculous. She really loves her daughters. At least one of them. <laughs> just Lydia. No, she loves She loves also Jane for being hot. No, she loves her daughters. She does. And this is like really exciting for her because she's finally marrying off a daughter. And this was her goal. So happy for her. I don't think anything's going to change in her parenting style. Yep. And finally, Lizzie's big emo moment. Uh, how do you think this is going to affect anything growing in the lasagna with Darcy? I just raised my arm and rested it on my door frame because I needed to like do a pose because we want what we can't have. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that is what I will say on that point. She wanted him before and now she knows she can't marry him and she wants him 50 times more. And she's going to get some... Regency era ice cream, play some Regency era Adele, try to like work through these feelings. They had ice cream in this time period, right? I'm sure they did, but it wasn't like a Ben and Jerry's pint. No, it was like in a dish. <laughs> Funniest quote. This is when Mr. Bennett talks about giving his daughter Kitty 10 years of house arrest. Hem, 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 hem. You go to Brighton. I would not trust you so near it as Eastbourne for 50 pounds. No, Kitty, I have at last learnt to be cautious, and you will feel the effects of it. No officer is ever to enter my house again, nor even to pass through the village. Balls will be absolutely prohibited, unless you stand up with one of your sisters, and you are never to stir out of doors till you can prove that you have spent ten minutes of every day in a rational manner. And then Kitty starts to cry, and he says, well, well, do not make yourself unhappy. If you are a good girl for the next ten years, I will take you to a review at the end of them. Oh, boy. Poor Kitty. Really suffering for her sister's mistakes. Really. Questions moving forward? Well, will Lydia and Wickham stay together and actually move up north? And will that happen? I'm curious about their, like, quote-unquote wedding without the wedding clothes and without the venue and without being paid for. Um, that'll probably put them into some sort of negative light by the community. So that's a question I have. Like, what? how will they be received at Longbourn? <sighs> Will Darcy come back? Will Bingley come back? Who wins the chapters? Huh. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, 
Lizzie didn't do much these chapters. Jane didn't do much these chapters. These were mostly chapters of letters from Mr. Gardner and Collins. I want to say that Mr. Gardner wins because he found them. Yeah, I think he did a pretty good job. I think we could give it to him. Yeah, he got Lydia married, which was the most important thing, though. I'm not about conforming to the laws of society, but I know that they need to, so that is good that he did that. Yeah, I think we could give it to Mr. Gardner this time. He's he's like the uncle that you want in that situation. He's the cool uncle. Yeah, he is. All right. Okay, listeners, that concludes this episode of Pod and Prejudice. Until next time. Stay proper. And find a spouse. Not Wickham, though. Yeah, find yourself anyone but Wickham. Anyone but Wickham. Pod and Prejudice is edited by Molly Burdick with art by Torrance Brown. Special thanks to our audio producer, Graham Cook, without whom we would sound like garbage fire. To keep up with the show, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod and Prejudice. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash podandprejudice. If you like what you hear, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash podandprejudice to see how you can support us, or just drop us a rating and a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening!